Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. Today we have as our guest James Metcalf, who is the Chief Administrative Officer of Semantic Arts. Hi James, thank you for coming and joining us today. Yep, thank you for having me. So just to set some context for our lovely listeners, could you please take us through your career journey so far? Yep, I spent the first 12 years of my professional career uh working for a small nonprofit here locally in northern Colorado and uh in January of 2002 2022 I made a switch and uh started working here at Semantic Arts. Um I was hired as the office manager at the time and over the last nearly year and a half have progressively taken on more responsibility within the company and gotten me to where I am here today. All right, that's great. So, being the chief administrative officer, how do you balance competing priorities within your role such as managing day-to-day activities while also focusing on the long- long-term strategic initiatives? Mhm. Yeah, working with a small company, I certainly wear a lot of hats between human resources and marketing, some accounting, and it can be difficult to balance those things. The first thing I do is keep a very detailed checklist of tasks that need taken care of. I read a book a while back called The Checklist Manifesto um by Atul Gawande and opened my eyes to the value of having something to reference to and continue to to use. The framework I try to operate from though is that the people's needs come first. So typically if a need arises among the employees within the company, that becomes sort of the priority for me. Um but with that I try to budget time each week uh in my calendar blocked off do not disturb to focus on some of those more strategic initiatives, long-term projects, research, things like that that can tend to fall by the wayside if if we're not intentional about them. So It's certainly a balancing act and some weeks are are busier than others but those are a few of the tools that I've used to find a balance there. All right, that's great. So we all know the massive tech and AI integration that is taking place in the industry and it's all that people are concerned about, right? So yeah. how do you stay well informed about the trends and the best practices that can create a massive shift in the future? Mhm. Yeah, these things have had a direct effect on our business. We've been IT consultants uh for more than 20 years now. Uh these are very close to the heart of what we do and what our clients ask us for. And so part of it is certainly our employees. We're a very close-knit group of people who have a a desire to learn new things all the time. And we spend time in all of our staff meetings, you know, usually twice a week talking about what people have learned, different conferences they've attended, new technologies that are coming up, and sort of bouncing those things off each other and then often moving into a chat after the meeting to continue to discuss. 
we also believe in providing that for our people and helping them to learn what's going on. And so part of my job is to go out and to find speakers and researchers in the industry and on relevant topics and actually bring them in once a week into our staff meetings where they come in and they share a little bit about their research or their technology or their software, their application, whatever they have directly been involved with. And it helps our team to learn and have time to ask questions and integrate that sort of into our work. And so we also host, you know, conferences and also a monthly gathering of sort of IT-minded individuals sort of centered around these same ideas of knowledge sharing and, and staying on top of what the current trends are and what's hype and what's actually going to drive some real business value for our customers because there's certainly some of both things happening right now. So it's a lot of brainstorming that happens between a lot of individuals between you guys and you just come up together and you know, let it out, right? Yep. Yep. We are a very close-knit. We, we're a remote team almost exclusively of nearly 30, but the the number one thing that our people value about working here is the, the close-knit nature of it. This is what I hear constantly from our people. And so there's a lot of healthy disagreement. There's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of debate and things that happen, but really it's everyone is there to sort of better the organization and better those around them and to mentor those that are younger. And so they're very interested in trying to bring that however they can to the team. And I, I've certainly um, embraced that in my, you know, a little over a year here. That's amazing. The kind of teamwork that goes around and helps everyone individually to learn as well as stay updated with information, right? So that's great. So can you share time when you had to face a very challenging situation and you had to make a difficult decision and that kind of had a significant impact on how you navigated the process? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the the first one that comes to mind for me was when I did shift careers from you know what I was doing for the first 12 years professionally. I, I knew that it was time for a change, but it was certainly um, a challenge and uncertain, you know, moving from what was comfortable and the the first thing I did was try to take stock of what I knew and what I'd learned from my previous job, which was a lot, um, and, and to see how I might be able to leverage that somewhere else, you know, where I can bring some of those strengths into a new company and ease the transition a little bit. And then to me, it was starting small. So what can I do today to move myself down that road, whether that's uh, setting goals for places I was going to apply or skills that I wanted to develop, things like that. And so it took a few months of being very intentional and, and speaking with those in my life that I trust as mentors and coaches to help me in the right direction, help me with practicing interviews and writing resumes and doing the things that I hadn't done for a very long time. And so and just being patient and persevering in that, you know, it took longer than I sort of expected it to. But when I interviewed with Semantic Arts, you know, from first interview to my first day was about four days. Uh, it was incredible meeting the team and knowing that I'd found a place that I would be comfortable and yet have a lot of room to grow. And so being intentional in that and waiting for the right opportunity, but then not what they call analysis by paralysis, not sitting there and waiting when the right opportunity is in front of you going, okay, this, this is it. So just go and do it. And having the perseverance to just keep on you know, building yourself is really great. So uh, what are the ways your company set itself apart from other competitors in terms of the work and recruiting talented pool? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, in, in the work that we do, 
our leadership and our president is focused on really developing a repeatable methodology. We build out knowledge graphs and semantic technology for large clients, and they want to see something consistent and provable and that's going to contribute to ROI. And so for us, being able to have something that's repeatable, whereas our team has grown about 25% a year, we can continue to guarantee the quality and the ability of our teammates to to deliver that. And so the result is we have a number of long-term clients where we don't believe in vendor lock-in. We don't believe in in sort of doing the things that make people stay with us. We mm-hmm. want to contribute. And often what we do can contribute in a faster and a less expensive way than a lot of the more traditional systems implementers can do. And so that's sort of how we've tried to set ourselves within the industry. We've recruited the the top people in the field. We have people that literally wrote the book on the semantic web uh, working for our team. And so in our recruiting efforts, you know, we are pretty selective about who who we have. And, and it's a hard line between technical expertise and the ability to sit in front of a client and present well and learn from the client and reciprocate that. And so we have about three touches in our interview process, which we've had for years. But interestingly, Google just put out some research that said after three, the the confidence gained is pretty much nothing. They, they said, you know, we looked at all these Google associates and there was really nothing gained after about that third interview. So it was nice to see some confirmation of what we've believed for a long time, but they, there's now some research to support that. And it's a bit of a challenging process meeting with the, the folks on our team and what we call the final audition, which sort of brings in some challenging think on your feet kind of things for our candidates. And uh-huh. so... That's sort of our, our recruiting process. But then my boss, our president, Dave McComb, has always believed that if you treat people right, they'll do their best work. And that's built into our values. And so we do a lot of things as a company that that are a little bit different. Uh, one is how our consultants are paid. We don't really believe in the traditional consulting model of long hours, heavy travel, and a high burnout rate. We believe in helping people to balance, you know, and integrate work and life very successfully, have a lot of flexibility to do what they do when and where they want to do it. We've allowed the team to work remotely. We're in 18 states and three countries, um, you know, and so we also try to offer things that incentivize our people to grow and continue to provide better value. So we provide a very large budget for each employee every year to go train and do attend conferences. Kind of going back to the the earlier question about how do we know and stay on top of trends, we, we've incentivized our people to go out and to do that. And we've provided funds as a company to make that not cost prohibitive mm-hmm. and to sort of address um some of those challenges. And so there's a number of different ways that we've tried to to set ourselves apart, not just from our competitors, but as a company as a whole, where we, we want to be a good place to work and we want to recruit people from a lot of different places and a lot of different backgrounds and, and give them an opportunity to to thrive here. That's amazing. Considering that that's a very unique approach that you just guys you guys have done like incentivizing to gain more insights of outside and not thinking about the cost for so long. And also considering the work-life balance being an integral part of letting people, you know, just grow and, and contribute more to the organization. So, right. And lastly, can you share your vision for the future that can inspire our young listeners entering the industry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think that there's this reality that we as a people can get impatient. We we want what we want when we want it. And 
I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for those who are willing to sit back and to learn and to soak up as much as they can from mentors and coaches and others in whatever industry they choose to go into. And I think that those who are willing to learn the skills, not just of a particular industry, but that provide a solid foundation for leadership in the future of interpersonal communication and being able to follow through and do what you said you were going to do. Some of these skills, unfortunately, I think are, are lacking at times. And I think the people that are focused on some of these soft skills coming up are going to automatically stand out from the crowd in a way that is going to cause them to grow and to move up that career progression faster than a lot of the peers around them. You know, I think it's really sad to see some of the trends of quiet quitting and quiet fire and all these sort of passive aggressive ways that, that people are unhappy. And I think that it's far more important to you know, as I said earlier, find what, what you're interested in and what you want to go after and persevere and be the absolute best employee that you can be. And I think employers are going to take a lot of note of that. And you're going to carve out a place, whether that's out on your own as an entrepreneur or like myself, moving up within a small company and having the opportunity to to sit at that strategic table and, and sort of be a part of, of driving what the, the next 30 years are going to look like for the organization. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing all of the lovely experience and the valuable insights. And I'm sure our listeners could learn a lot from it. So this brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you, James. It was lovely hosting you today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.